Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, we are joined in the studio this morning by Limerick's longest standing female TD, Jan O'Sullivan who lost her seat in election 2020. And Jan, you're here to reflect on your political career. It's an amazing achievement to have served the constituency for such a long time. Yeah, thank you, Gillian. It's good to be here. And I suppose I'd first of all like to thank all those people who have supported me and even those who haven't um, over the last 21 years, because I'm in the Dáil since 1998 when I was elected in the by-election following the death of my good friend and colleague, Jim Kemi. And um, <clears throat> it's been an absolute honour to serve the people of Limerick for that length of time. Um, the, before I was elected, there was a 90-year spell when there was no woman whatsoever representing Limerick City or County. And there's never been a woman representing Limerick County. Um, before me, there was Kathleen O'Callaghan, who finished her, her spell in Dáil Éireann in 1923, um, we're again back to uh, to four men. But um, it has been an absolute honour. I mean, not just being a woman for 21 years in the Dáil representing Limerick, but representing Limerick full stop. Um, you know, it is it, it is a great opportunity to uh, to do what you can for your constituency and also for your country. And I suppose I've served both in opposition and in government, actually only in government for four of those 21 years. I was in opposition before that. Uh, and then, obviously, I was in opposition for the last four years as well. But an extraordinary honour. I mean, it's a remarkable statistic to say that, you know, you're the the longest serving female TD for Limerick mm-hmm. and 21 years compared to Kathleen O'Callaghan, two years. But is it slightly irritating in a way, considering, you know, y- you were a TD the same as any of the other yeah. TDs who served Limerick? And I suppose it's it's the one maybe that people bring up a lot at the time. Yeah, it, it did come up quite a bit. Um, but I do think gender balance is important. I mean, we've gone now from uh, 35 to 36 TDs. And in fact, the number overall, women TDs, the number overall of TDs has actually gone up a little bit. So percentage-wise, it's it's only a tiny increase. And um, it's very slow. Uh, and, and I do strongly believe in gender balance. Um, I also believe in, in, I suppose, well, we do have regional balance, obviously, in in terms of the membership of, of the Oireachtas. Although just on that subject you were just talking about on the M20, um, I think there is a big regional balance issue there where we do need proper connectivity between the three largest cities outside of Dublin. So that's Cork, Limerick and Galway. Um, so, you know, that's why I, I, th- I think balance generally is very important in and the country. on that, as a person with experience in government, mm. do you think yesterday's decision means it's now a done deal? Or the fact that we don't have a new government formed, could this be back on the table in terms of roots? Well, I hope it's not back on the table um, because I do think, I mean, I think the Greens would, would acknowledge as well that regional balance is really important. And we're not going to dig up the roads that link everybody to Dublin. I mean, the, all the motorways that we have practically, apart from the one up along the East Coast, uh, well, even that one, uh, are linking places to Dublin. Um, we have Limerick to Galway, fair enough. So, like, we, we need other parts of the country to be linked to each other as well in the same way if we're going to compete with the East Coast. So I actually think it is more an issue of, of, of regional balance. And what I'd be concerned about is... Um, that there, there is some confusion in relation to the Green Party position. And if they are in government, I think they need, they need to, to you know, put the regional balance issue first. 
anybody who's, you know, tried to, to do business between Limerick and Cork knows how difficult it is to try and get through places like Charleville and Butterfant. So um, I don't, I, I, I've said before, I agree with the Greens on a lot of issues and I think climate change is hugely important, but I don't agree with them in relation to the M20. I think we need it. Okay. Um we're going to take a listen to some of the things that you've discussed on this very programme over the years. So this is a bit of a memory of uh, Jan's comments on Limerick today. So we really do need a totally new regime where there is proper inspection and, and widespread inspection so that those who are renting out can be afraid that they're going to be inspected. As of now, I think they can be pretty sure that, it, that they won't be. I think Donald Trump is the kind of person that um, if we went, if the Taoiseach goes... He's criticised you for not supporting him um, about the new uh, community centre in St Mary's Park. Well, there's a very complex issue going on in the St Mary's area. Minister Jan O'Sullivan confronting the handful of anti-austerity campaigners outside the track bar in Gary Owen. That's all I want to say now. If anyone wants to come in to talk... I'm very pleased as well with the portfolio that I've got. It's going to be dealing with the aid budget, which Peter Power would have dealt with, but there's also an added dimension, which is trade. I remember campaigning in the two previous divorce referendums, the first of which was lost and the second of which was won, but not very well won. Before I was elected in 1998, the last woman to be elected for Limerick was Kathleen O'Callaghan. Back in, she was elected, I think, in 1921 and finished up in 1923. So you literally had 90 years with no woman whatsoever representing Limerick City. And as far as I know, there's never been a woman to represent Limerick County. So, Jan, just some of the memories of when you were commenting on various different things, going back to uh, the track bar. Yeah. Uh, c- can you remember that particular thing? They were tough times. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have, uh, you have to be tough, first of all, I think, when you're a public representative. And I suppose it's even tougher now in some ways because you have all of the social media um, as well as, you know, people's right to absolutely right to protest uh, and right to confront you on issues that they don't agree with you on but i mean also in that in that clip there for example you had when i when i became uh, a minister of state in the department of foreign affairs and uh, one of the things that was really important to me was keeping the irish aid office in limerick and um, I succeeded in doing that. Then when I was Minister uh, Minister of State again for Housing and Planning, um, keeping the regeneration budget was really important to me. And also, I suppose, turning around the spending on regeneration, which at the time, a lot of the money was going on buying houses in the suburbs of Limerick, moving people out of regeneration areas. I made a policy decision that I wanted the money spent in the regeneration areas. So we were able to get housing going um, in both South Hill and Myras and the Edward Street development was also part of that regeneration spend uh, the community centre in Myras a number of other other things like that and then when I got into education um, my priority in terms of Limerick was to ensure that we got the new secondary schools because again there was that issue of young people not being able to get places in schools that were within any kind of reasonable distance of their homes. So um, when I did get the opportunity, and it was only four years in government, but there were important areas, important to Limerick, that I was able to work on as a minister. So, you know, that particular period of my time in, in Leinster House, I think was important. And it wasn't easy either because of the the difficulties you had with the changes to the junior cycle as Minister for Education. Yeah. Uh, you faced quite a lot of opposition from teachers and unions. Yeah, that was um, I, I suppose that was an area where I was trying to use my skills as a, as a, as a negotiator um, because it was very much around negotiating with all the different partners in education. I mean, there was a lot of support for 
uh, for the reform of the junior cycle. Uh, a lot of support from students, for school students, for example, um, who for a long time had been lobbying for that kind of reform because the exam system, as we know it, uh, works well for certain young people. And it's ob- obviously it's objective, but um, it doesn't work well for young people whose skills are not in remembering and being able to deal with the pressure of getting all of your learning um, over your time in school into the space of a, a few hours of a, of a written exam. So um, I thought it was important. Um, I did spend a lot of time sitting down across the table from the teaching unions in particular with the senior officials in the Department of Education Skills. And it was getting it over the line to me was important. Um, I think getting that sense within the education system of opening up to a different way of assessing students, assessing different skills, um, like being able to work together, like thinking creatively, those kind of areas. Um, Creativity. Um, I think it was important to get that into the system, even if, you know, there's still a long way to go, in my opinion, um, in relation to the Leaving Cert. But once the teaching profession uh, and the schools in general got used to the idea of doing things a little bit differently, I think there will be more of an appetite now for change. So I think getting that over the line was important in terms of ensuring that we we bring keep the education system you know in line with uh, the the world in which young people have to live when they come out of school. What about the Labour Party now, Jan? A lot of talk about it. They've said not going into government, no matter what. Is that the right? idea to take? I mean, considering now we still don't know whether we're going to have a government, should all options not be on the table? Um, I think they're right to say they won't go into government. Um, You know, we've won less seat now than we had um, before the election. And um, but they have said that they they won't necessarily obstruct a government. So, for example, if, um, you know, if... Confidence and supply possibly for a Well, if Sinn Féin are able to put, put together... Uh, enough people to um, to provide uh, a left wing government. Then um, my understanding of what my party has said is that you know they're they're not saying that they would vote against that. Um, so they keep their their minds open in terms of the policy p- positions that are ultimately proposed uh, in government. But I hope we have a government. Um, I don't I don't think it would be good. What's your own feeling? Um, do, you, do you think we will? I think we will because I think when it comes to the point and I think it'll take time I don't think it's going to happen in the next month or so Who was it said that you, they can't change their principles overnight it takes at least three weeks <laughs> That sounds very cynical Julie. <laughs> well, um, but look they have to face the reality sooner or later that if they don't form a government that um, that you know there will be another election and that's Would you the stand in another election? No I wouldn't You've made your uh, No mind I've made that. my decision um, I like I, it, I'm at a stage now where we were already working on a transition from from my time as the TD for Limerick to somebody else. We have four, I, I usually said three councillors, three councillors in Limerick Council, but one councillor in Tipperary as well, who part of her electoral area, Fiona Bonfield, is in is in our constituency. And then we have uh, Joe Ledden, Elena Sikas and Conor Sheehan in the city representing each of the three electoral areas. So we have a very strong base in Limerick um, we're very active, um, committed councillors. So um, we will be moving towards, you know, having a selection convention and, and moving forward for the next generation to take over. And no question of a seat in the Shannad or...? Well, certainly not for me. Mm. Um, possibly for one of the others, if, if, that, if that's possible, but um, not for me. What about the party leadership? Um, I have supported Alan Kelly. Um, I went to his launch in Dublin 
and um, he has asked me to be his director of elections. And um, look, I have great time for Aon Ariordan. I've worked very closely with him. Um, uh, but I, I think Alan has. Um, I think Alan has demonstrated over the last four years that um, he was willing to, um, I suppose, learn, um, spend more time, you know, not being leader, spend more time as a spokesperson, did a really good job on the Public Accounts Committee, was really forensic. And, you know, I saw him there in the mornings uh, before the meetings on Thursday morning, reading reams of stuff late the night before to ensure that he was well prepared for those meetings. Um, did a great job in relation to the cervical check um, issue and supporting Vicky Phelan and her colleagues. Um, so I think Alan has proved himself um, as somebody who is ready to lead the party. He's a lot of energy. He's a lot of ideas. Um, and, you know, I... I just think we need somebody with that sort of, I suppose, ability to to challenge um, those who will be in power. I don't, I don't know who the Taoiseach and so on are going to be, but um, I think Alan will stand up for for what we stand for. And essentially, I mean, we're uh, the name of our party is Party and Look the Ibra, the Party of the Working People. Um, you know, we we want to make our society more equal. We want people who go out to work to have the opportunity. To, to actually be able to afford a home, not to be worried that they're, you know, they're not, can't pay the rent and that they'll never either own a home or have a secure long-term rental opportunity. Um, so, but we also want to support people who, um, people with disabilities, people who are caring at home, um, I, you know, during the course of the election campaign, but before that as well. Um, it's certainly, there are a lot of people out there who are struggling, who are, looking after others at home. There's a terrible shortage and that came out publicly yesterday and um but I mean was I suppose the figures were put out yesterday in relation to mental health uh, supports and the commun- community supports generally. Um the fact that um the St Gabriel Centre is there ready to open but isn't open and families are, you know, struggling with um with young people with really serious disabilities. Um there's a huge gap um in the way in which we care for those who need to be cared, but then also the way in which, um, you know, people who are struggling, who are working, who yeah. are, are trying to pay for childcare, are trying to deal with the insecurity of the housing situation. And obviously there's uh, there's our hospital, which um, was yeah. probably the big, I think definitely yeah. the biggest issue in the election campaign. Um, again, um, we launched our, and Alan and I, we launched our um, our health policy here in Limerick. Um, and we committed, um, now obviously I don't think we will be in government, but we'll certainly be yeah. pushing for the kind of resourcing that will bring us up to an equal level with other parts of the country. Because the comparison with uh, the Bowman Hospital Group, for example, and the number of beds, doctors, nurses and other health workers, frontline health workers, they have far more than we have. And yet we have the same kind of population. So that's we something again. need a at the table again. Well, look, we need need a voice at the table. I think the fact that we have had um, myself, obviously, but also um, Michael Mm -hmm. Noonan as minister, um, I think it did show there was a lot happening in Limerick at the time when when we had two cabinet ministers. There was a lot that we were able to. Now, it it shouldn't be like that, that you need a minister at the table, but you certainly need to ensure that the voice of your area is represented at the top top level and um, you know that is something that I think was very obvious in the last couple of years that we didn't have that voice which for example Cork had very strong representation we didn't. Jan can I just say on behalf of all the team here 
thank you so much for the support you've given the radio station and this programme and the news bulletins over the years as a TD because you always made yourself available. Not every public representative wants to talk, but even in the tough times and the questions were more difficult, you, you always made yourself available. So thank you for that. And I hope you will continue to contribute because I know you have plenty to say. Oh, I'll be very active, Gillian. Don't worry. And uh, there'll be issues that I still have a lot to say about. Thank you very much for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.